2: March 6, 2023, brought to you part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. We're produced on the TV10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. A lot to get into uh, today, boys' sectional finals Friday night. We had uh, the Section 1 championship for you on TV10, and uh, that sure was an interesting one, guys, as... Uh, Hedgesville the number two team came back to beat the number one team Spring Mills in what was a very very interesting game uh final score in that one 59 51 the Eagles now 20 and five on the season Cardinals 15 and eight and uh it, it was an early start for the Cardinals and then kind of like a monumental collapse
3: yeah um, I thought it was a really good comeback from Hedgesville uh, that started with their defense and and how active they were on the defensive end. From that entire starting five, that played the majority of the game uh, and did a really nice job of putting pressure on the Cardinals in the second half. And Once they kind of upped their pressure, it wasn't so much... We talked about maybe a press. I think it was more so they had to up their defensive intensity, up their pressure, whether it be in the half court or in the entire full court at times. But that was really the difference. I think when Spring Mills was able to up its pressure, get out and run, uh, and make some easy baskets, that's when they really took over the game. Uh, whether it was really good outlet passes from Ruest off of rebounds, Cam Wilks, you know, getting steals, Damon Cook getting steals, um, you know, that entire effort from the Hedgesville lineup and, and team was really impressive, and what separated them in the game. So. Um, spring mills had a great start to the game but then they got out of their mojo and never really got it back obviously there were some other things that played a factor you know the technicals you gave up six points due to technical fouls in that game because of the extra extra possessions that hedgesville was able to get uh so from the things that happened on the court though i think hedgesville definitely proved that they were able to rely on their defense and when their defense is playing like it did you know, against Spring Mills and, and like we've seen against Jefferson as well, this team can compete with anybody around here and find a way to win games and potentially be the best team in the area.
4: Yeah, once it got to the second half, or really at halftime, that's when you could feel a shift because of the first technical that was uh, issued to Spring Mills, and from there it was just about really controlling your emotions on both sides. Both teams very emotional throughout the rest of the Game and with that, it was Spring Mills that wasn't really able to control their emotions as much as Hedgesville, and that that was a turning point too. With the technicals allowing uh, defensive pressure, the intensity, as you said, and that's why Hedgesville got the win. They were able to stay calm even when things got heated between the two teams at multiple points throughout the game. They were able to have the cooler heads and the saying is cooler heads prevail and that's exactly
2: what happened
3: definitely uh a rivalry brewing if it wasn't already there between edgesville and the spring mills
2: i think it was already there yeah it seemed to already
3: be there uh based on what all went down throughout the game kind and of some after shots taken before the game and pre-game and of course after the game some drama as well so you know i, I think we would be doing a a little bit of a disservice if we didn't address, obviously, that stuff. I mean, for me, the biggest takeaway is obviously what happened on the court, and I want to make it about the kids, but I think, you know, this is a sports talk show, and our job is to kind of drive some conversation, and uh, I just thought that Spring Mills didn't lose with respect and kind of were sore losers the other night, in my opinion. I think they... They didn't let Hedgesville cut down the nets if you weren't at the game and didn't know this, Uh, which, as we all know, after you win the sectional championship, you're allowed to cut down the nets, uh, whether it's a home game or an away game. And Spring Mills obviously knows that because, well, they've won sectionals multiple times in girls' basketball. Um, And then also, you know, we've seen teams cut down the nets on the road. Musselman beat Martinsburg at Martinsburg and cut down the nets for the regional championship. So I just thought that was kind of – a poor showing from spring mills and a bad representation of what is a good team in a good area. And I just thought that was, that was a poor showing by them as a school.
4: Yeah, I agree. We're not the ones that initiated not talking about the players and that it's the players moment. And that players moments for Hedgesville was took away from them. in that what I'll call a classless act by spring mills at the end of, The game not only raising the hoops so that it was Hedgesville being unable to cut down the nets, as you said, but also then turning off the gym lights, which in itself is kind of dangerous when it's still packed in a gymnasium full of people on both teams, people trying to exit, walking down steps. You never know what could happen because of the lights being turned off, so I didn't like that too, and you got to be respectful. Yes, it's a rivalry. Yes, we know there's some bad blood, obviously, between these two programs. But when you lose, you have to lose with dignity. And remember, it is about the kids. And unfortunately for Hedgesville, they didn't get to cut down those nets. But fortunately, they went to their school and got to cut down the nets and still give the moment to the kids, which ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, Yeah, I think –
3: one more point before you talk, Spencer. Sorry for cutting you off. Mm-hmm. But, uh, just, I think that's what we all have to realize. Like, this is a high school sport, and these are moments for high school kids. And I think the adults don't shouldn't make it about themselves and shouldn't make it bigger than what it is, which is high school kids playing basketball and, and having fun and trying to enjoy what they just did, which was win a sectional championship, which obviously secures you a spot for a home game in the regional championship. Um, you get a trophy. You know, you get to celebrate that because you accomplished something. You won your section. Um, and I think we should acknowledge those accomplishments. And uh, whether you're home or away or rival or not, you know, none of that stuff really matters. It's high school kids having a moment in a high school sport, and that should be recognized.
2: I think my biggest takeaway uh, was no matter what, the PA announcers should have said you're Section 1 champions head the Hedgesville Eagles. That's your job as a PA announcer is to tell what is going on, what is happening. And that moment, compiling with all the other moments, I think made it a very hostile post-game environment. Yeah, and that and leads to are,
3: dangerous things because yeah. people get intense and, and all worked up. And,
2: it and, and I see the rivalry team. here, but – Nick, you mentioned it. Colin, you mentioned it. they're kids playing a basketball game. If this was reversed, if it was Hedgesville, the number one seed at home that got knocked off, I don't think we. I you know I don't know that we would be talking about the same thing. Right. I think Spring Mills would have gone and cut down the nets, and the PA announcer would have said, "Dan, your section one champions are the Spring Mills Cardinals." But it, it it's just kind of sad that it ended the way it did, and. Um, obviously, there were some frustrated people at the end as we saw somebody get taken out by the police at the end of the game. Uh, but here's head coach Kelly Church in the postgame interview with us. We're joined by Hedgesville Eagles head coach Kelly Church. An emotional victory for your team tonight, a comeback victory, 59-51. Uh, what did it take
5: from your team tonight? Well, first of all, uh, hats off to Springfields. Like uh, they came out on fire, hitting them from deep, with us trying to stop them from shooting from deep. Uh, you know their kids played really, really hard. Uh, I thought they did a really, really good job, uh, especially early on. Um, the same adage that I've been talking about for the last few weeks: we got punched in the mouth. Sometimes when you get punched in the mouth, you got to suck it up and find a way to get through the game. So we were able to suck it up. i really, really proud of our kids. So, so everybody's aware. The same staff that was responsible for the last debacle at our place, because I wasn't there, I was just as much a part of that loss as I was this week. It's because our staff does a tremendous job working together. In no way is the last game on those guys in this game my, 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 my big great job. We did it as a team. Our kids played as a team, and I'm super proud.
3: Coach, uh, third quarter, you guys outscore Spring Mills 21 to seven. What did you kind of tell the guys at halftime, and how did you make those adjustments uh, defensively to hold them to the seven points in the third?
5: Well, so many—they have so many good shooters, and we talked about—we got to pressure, we got to pressure, we got to pressure, which we did. And in some cases, we're pressuring kids that are, are pretty good at going downhill, not necessarily good shooters. So. We made a little bit of an adjustment and made sure that we showed more help off certain guys and pressured other guys. We were worried about doing that in the beginning because sometimes we just don't bring the energy that we need to bring. So, you know, a little bit of an adjustment. Super proud of our kids again. And get uh, you- kind of
2: used Tay Wormer differently this year from last year, but he's been an asset to your team off the bench this year. He comes off, and he is just a free-throw machine. Now six of six tonight.
5: Absolutely. Uh, He knows anytime there's a technical on the other team, Tay's shooting the free throws. Uh, He he doesn't miss very often. He almost never misses when he's out there all by himself in that situation. He's done it for the last couple years. Uh, Again, super proud of our kids, man. I just can't say enough. My staff, uh, our administration, hostile environment. Can't thank our administration enough for for supporting supporting me uh,
3: and supporting our kids. And coach, you talked about the defensive intensity, and once you really turned that up, uh, it became your game, and you were in control. And guys that stood out—I mean, Cam Wilkes all over the ball—it seems like on every possession. Christian Bolduke as well, stefan Barclay, Jackson Ruff. I mean, that starting five. Those guys just were all over the court, and it seemed like they wanted it more at times and were uh, really given that second effort.
5: Yeah, and, and, and like this will sound silly, but the one person you didn't name is Damon Cook. And Damon yes. Cook, Damon, and I, I, no, I know, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from you guys. Don't take it that way. Da- Damon Cook, uh, tremendous job defensively. Every parent wants their kid to play. Every parent wants their kid to play all the time. I kept telling Damon in practice every single day, we give you opportunities every day in practice. Proven in practice, you'll get your opportunity in the game. He proved it in practice. He got his opportunity in the games, and that's why he's been playing a lot more for us lately. No one got demoted. He got promoted. Uh, We're super, again, I can't say super proud enough. Obviously an emotional win. Uh, You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, Our our kids have had to experience some things in terms of this game that – I mean, I'm just going to say kids shouldn't have to experience some of the things that we've had to experience in a high school basketball game. That's why it's so emotional for me. Our kids withstood all that, uh, whether it's, you know, I mean, it's, sometimes it's grown adults. It's not student sections. I'm all about
2: that. you got grown adults going after kids. Sometimes that bothers me. One final question for you. You guys are one win away from heading back to Charleston, and it's going to take taking down Musselman on Wednesday at home. What do you want to tell all the fans listening?
5: <laughs> Musselman's really, really good. Um, you know, this this year, what we've done in the past for the EPAC championship and voting stuff is like, I can't think enough of Tech. I mean, he's a super guy. He, I think he does a great job because he has so many athletes. I don't think he gets enough credit sometimes. But he's coach of the year. But if you ask me, okay, well, who's the next coach of the year? It's not us. Hey, it, it's Derek Basile and his staff. I, I think they've done a tremendous job. Uh, you know, they got one of their guys back. Um, You know, and they're playing way, way better regardless of what happened tonight. Um, You know, I I, I just have the utmost respect. And don't get me wrong, I really, really want to go to Charleston. I mean, I want it for our kids. Like Chris and I tell them all the time, like, you know, we go either way. You know, we'd like for them to go with us. It's a little bit of a different experience, but with that being said, you know, um, again, ton of respect for Musman and Derek and his kids. Um, I think they're a class program, and I wish them nothing but the best. All right, coach. Congrats on the win. Go celebrate with your team. Thank you very much. I Thank appreciate you, for you the guys.
2: Time. That was head coach for the Hedgesville Eagles, Kelly Church. They get the victory, and uh, it's funny because I'm watching the video back, and he he's pointing up. He's pointing up to the nets and they don't get to cut him down. Pretty uh pretty sad to think to watch it back and see how it happened. But Wednesday night we'll have that game for you. Uh, not too exactly too sure where it's going to be on. I know that it won't be on Talk Radio WRNRs as well. Mountaineers basketball. We'll talk more about that in the next segment. Uh, but it'll either be on TV or on YouTube or maybe on both if we can get some sponsors to help us with the regional fees for both. I know we're at least going to be on YouTube. Uh, we've got a secure to secure a sponsor for that. If we can secure some more sponsors to get on TV, that would be gratefully be help. Help for us, if anybody wants to sponsor, it's five hundred dollars to get on TV. We already have the two fifty to do the streaming, Uh, but that's Wednesday for you, seven PM, a six thirty pregame show. Uh, Let's now talk about Jefferson's win over Musselman, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't the same game that we'd seen all season until later in the game.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Jefferson took a little while to get locked in defensively. Offensively, they were playing pretty much their normal. Uh, you know, averages and stuff throughout the game. But it was a close game until the third quarter and the second half once Jefferson started to pull away. Uh, But in some ways, you got to give credit to Musselman's improvements as well, that they were able to keep pace for a half. But as we talked about, when Jefferson gets hot, um, it makes it so tough to keep pace with them unless you have the type of scoring that they have. And and, uh, Musselman just doesn't have that and I thought Coach Church made a good point, you know, Derek Basil and his team has done uh, an excellent job with this turnaround, and you could definitely make an argument for him for Coach of the Year, but you also have to credit what Jefferson's been able to do, and over the last two years, really, with Coach Lewis, back-to-back coaches of the year for him, and definitely well-deserving with how tough it's been to knock off the uh, Jefferson Cougars in the EPAC, but Uh, In terms of that game, you know, it it was close early, but Jefferson, once they kind of got into their rhythm and started playing their style of basketball, uh, they got the dominating win like we predicted and just not a great second half for Musselman, but a team that will give you a fight. And I think Wednesday will be pretty close when these two teams between uh, Hedgeville and Musselman get together.
4: Yeah, the game between Jefferson and uh, Musselman was... Fairly similar to the game that we got to see at Musselman, just kind of flipped on how the halves went. In the game that we had, it was the first half that Jefferson uh, dominated, held Musselman to, I think, again, 11 points potentially. If maybe somewhere around there it wasn't too much more, I'd have to go
3: back and I mean, it was 17. look.
4: but It, 17, it was so a right very low-scoring half for Musselman, and the defense was the big difference for Jefferson, And then here in the section championship, it was a two-point game at halftime. Musselman was in it, and that's what we've been waiting for because we knew last year it was Musselman that ultimately gave Jefferson fits in the EPAC, even though Jefferson still went on to be undefeated. So we were thinking for a brief moment that Musselman was going to compete throughout the entire game because it was a section championship and they brought their A game, but then Jefferson just – I don't know what was said in the locker room, came out and was the Jefferson of old and held Musselman to 11 points in the second half, and the offense exploded as it does. So it was another big win for the Cougars, and I still think ultimately in the EPAC, other than Hedgesville, nobody touches them.
3: Yeah, I would tend to agree. I mean, I think Jefferson will probably beat Spring Mills and head to the States. But, uh, you know, it is important, I think, for these teams – it seems like at least for the E-Pac teams, the most important thing for them is usually their defense, and your defense helps you uh, lead to easy offense. And I think that's where we've seen some inconsistencies. But like when Hedgesville got into their defensive rhythm uh, in the second half, holding Spring Mills to just seven points in that third quarter, twenty-one-seven third quarter, you know, you saw the turnaround, and Hedgesville mm-hmm. was able to separate themselves. Jefferson's the same way and that's probably why Jefferson Hedgesville has been such a tough matchup for the Cougars because Hedgesville can match them defensively and make it tougher for their offense so even if uh, Jefferson's not playing its best defense still holding them down and that's why they've been able to win those games um, but for Musselman you know I knew at halftime even though I liked how Musselman obviously played being in the game and we were at the game but just from looking at the score uh, but I figured it, if it kept at that pace Musselman wasn't going to be able to keep up because they just don't have that kind of scoring um, so that might have been part of it as well but still a good job I think by Musselman to play tough for a half um, even though obviously they wanted to you know, have a better finish overall they still have a great chance I think to potentially upset Hedgesville and advance the state so your goals are still in front of you if you're the Appleman. I think both we, games are interesting, at the very least. we yeah, were but, able to beat them in the regular season.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to make a point. Is, you know We saw uh, Musselman pull off those two wins late in the season against two big EPAC teams.
3: Now, when they beat Hedgesville, Stephon Barclay wasn't with the team. He was sick that game, so that makes a big difference. One of your starters, one of your key uh, defensive guys, and that was also when they first lost Eric King. Elijah. Or Elijah King, excuse me.
4: So, and it was also at Musselman. Yeah.
3: Right. So, that all changes, I think, but I still think Musselman can keep it close. I think they've proven that uh, they're a pretty tough team.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's continue on here on the show. And A local product that's at Shepard, uh, he pitched the first no-hitter for the Shepard baseball team since March 14th, 1996. That's Trevor Sharp out of Muscle, uh, out of Excuse me, I can't speak. Redshirt sophomore pitcher Trevor Sharp out of Musselman. Uh, he went, uh, I believe, seven innings, no hits, no runs, 10 strikeouts and two walks. Uh, he had 100 pitches, 63 of those were strikes. His no-hit effort is the first no-hitter for Shepard since Jamie Ware, Andrew Finch, Fincham, Eric Jones combined for a no-no against uh, Columbia Union on March 14, 1996, and it's the fourth ever no-hitter in program history. Over the weekend, uh, Shepard would sweep all four games uh, and they are now sitting at seven and four on the season as a big sweep for them. As the week prior, they were able to uh, take two out of three against the number 13 team, UNC Pembroke. Bre- believe those games were at UNC Pembroke due to the fields, uh, at Shepherd after the rain last, or the, yeah, the rain at the end of the week. That's
3: very impressive. You yeah. said no hitter on 100 pitches. Yeah.
2: In seven innings.
3: Okay. Seven inning game. So that makes it a little bit less, but, uh, still you know
2: pretty 10K. efficient
3: uh outing for him so you know obviously history being made there, first time in 27 years that you get to see a no-hitter good good to, good good stuff from shepherd baseball no,
4: it's awesome to see local talent stay local and have success that's what we always enjoy seeing and hope to continue to see so definitely uh awesome you don't get to see no hitters every day it is a very rare thing and it's a special moment each time
2: yeah well so shout out to him uh, baseball season for us begins a week from wednesday we'll get the schedule out here in the next couple of days uh had some technical difficulties with my computer the other day trying to make the graphic here, but we'll get that done uh, in the next couple days. Put that out for you. Uh, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to parsonsford.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk some WVU hoops as – all and they're going dancing, most likely after this win last week. This this last win over the weekend. We'll be back after this two minute break. You're tuned the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR two ten.
0: Rocks Grab and Go is made fresh daily. Grab and Go, now available at Rocks, Rocks Local Market. Rocks Grab and Go is made fresh daily.
6: Grab and Go, now available at Rocks, Rocks Local Market. Are you a local business here in the Eastern Panhandle trying to expand your
2: customer base? Well, you've come to the right place because us here at Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 have many options for you. Our two daily shows garner two different audiences. From 8 to 10 a.m., it's the Eastern Panhandle Talk with Rob Mario. And from 12 to 1, it's the Sports Mix with Spencer, Nick, and Colin. In the evenings, we'll cover Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference sports as well as Shepherd sports. And on the weekends, we cover local events as well.
0: 426 4263-6586 to learn more about how our advertising packages can make your businesses boom. And tell them Spencer sent you. You’re tuned in into the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk radio WRNR106.5 FM, AM740 and TV10.
2: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. We're produced on the TV 10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. And Colin, must have been a happy man over the weekend. Uh, Saturday, uh, WVU played their senior day, their final game of the regular season. This was at the Coliseum. Uh, Shout out Jim Klein. He was there to watch it in person.
4: Yeah, he was, and now WVU is undefeated when he's there, so he has to go more often.
2: I guess he does. But the Mountaineers get an eighty-nine, eighty-one victory over, I believe, then number eleven Kansas. They've now fallen to twelve, Kansas State. Kansas State excuse me, they've now fallen to twelve in the latest poll. Uh, but it was an all-around good day. You had two guys with twenty, or wrong team here. You had two, three guys in the twenties. Twenty-seven for Eric Stevenson, twenty-three for Cadrian Johnson, and twenty for Emmett Matthews. Fourteen uh, from Trey Mitchell. Uh, an all-around good day for the team and uh, had a pretty good day at the charity stripe as well 22 of 25 which was huge for them I believe shot 50 percent from the field Uh, not too well from not didn't do too well from beyond the arc but a big win for them they were leading by two at half and uh, put up 50 in the second half
4: yeah it was a great game they got the win which obviously is what you needed if you're WVU and wanted to be feeling comfortable heading into the Big 12 tournament that uh, even if you don't do well there, that your ticket is punched into the NCAA tournament. And with that win, I think they do so. The free throws were the difference, 22 or 25. They were able to force 20 turnovers over only at 16, excuse me, which still is a little high or than you want for WVU. But you force 20 and you get the win and you're able to beat a team that, it's a solid program. I mean, eleventh in the country is nothing to scoff at, right? It's a quad one win. So yeah, happy to be a Mountaineer fan this weekend.
3: Yeah, really good win. Kansas State, uh they weren't predicted or projected to be uh very good this season. Yeah, they were projected last. But they've obviously had a, a good year beat W V earlier in the season, but uh like we said really all week, um or at least over the last couple weeks, you know, these last three games were going to be pretty important for the Mountaineers. They were able to take two out of those three uh, and got the win over Kansas State that, like we said on Friday, if they won, we felt like they were probably in the tournament no matter what. So um, you feel pretty confident if you're WVU and you've proven to be competitive with some of the top teams, depending on how the bracket looks, maybe you can make a little run in the Big 12 tournament to uh, get you at least maybe a higher seed. Um, But I think the Mountaineers definitely did what they needed to do and uh, have made themselves at least an interesting team for March and and, you know, maybe can make a Sweet 16-type run or or something like that, depending on how the bracket plays out for them.
2: I wasn't sure if you had a point, Spence. I don't have any point. Uh, But, I mean, it was a huge win for them, I think. It was. It solidified them going to the NCAA tournament, what you thought all season long. And uh, now they go in as the eighth seed in the Big 12 tournament. They'll uh, face number 9 Texas Tech on Wednesday at 7 p.m. We'll have the game for you. I believe it'll be a 6 p.m. pregame show with Tony Creedy and the Mountaineer Sports Network. That's why we won't have the regional boys basketball action on radio. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it'd be cherry on the top for them if they're able to make a run in the tournament.
4: Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think they win round one, even though Texas Tech is you view you some uh- – Fits. unfortunately for Tech, they just got a big distraction now. Uh, They'll be without their head coach, um, Mark Adams, for the uh, tournament because he made a, uh, quote, inappropriate, unacceptable, and racially insensitive comment towards a player over the uh, weekend. So he's been suspended. So the team kind of distracted with that, and I I think that really – Hurts them and hurts the Big 12, even though obviously I want WVU to win Texas Tech's a bubble team. So for their chances, they would need the push. And with this, I, I think that really hurts their chances of doing that. And then if you win that game, WVU gets another shot at Kansas. That'd be awesome. We know that they came so close to beating Kansas at Kansas. But Kansas is wanting to stay as a one seed. So that's going to be really tough if they make it there for Thursday.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, WVU, like you said, Colin, they've had some issues with Tech this year. Um, but with that distraction, it could go kind of one or two ways for Texas Tech. It will either be something that brings the group that is there together um, or they'll be you know distracted by it and not having their head coach will play a big factor. But either way, I think WVU is the better team than Texas Tech, even though they've had their issues with the Raiders this season. So. Um, I think WV does get that win, and and then th- that at that point, you know, there would be really no questions about them being a tournament team.
2: Yeah, that is that is a point there, Nick. That you make a great point is what I meant to say there. Uh, Marshall uh, in the Sun Belt tournament, both teams fall. The women on Friday, we're talking about that game. Abby Beeman on the court for 36 minutes, 15 seconds, only four of 13 from the field, 106 from beyond the arc. Uh, nine rebounds in the game, but just 11 points and two assists. She's usually an assist machine. Uh, they fall in that one 62 to 43 to JMU, the number one team. I don't know if they're still in the tournament.
3: I haven't been keeping track after Marshall was eliminated, but I know JMU's got a good program and yeah. it's always been uh, pretty tough. So, not really surprised that Marshall lost. Obviously, I had a high hopes that they can make a run, but that's kind of what you predicted to happen. So, is JMU eligible I
2: don't for the big believe
3: dance? so because... No,
2: they are in... Are they in basketball? Basketball. Just they're just it not in just football okay. because the they're di- they were Division One prior. Right, yeah. That, that's okay. what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're already
3: okay. Division One basketball, just football, making the FCS the FBS sure. jump. Yeah, is the so roar. it's just
2: football they were we Okay. Okay. My mistake.
3: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Uh, over on the men's side in Marshall, uh, they fell 71-68 to Texas State in the quarterfinal round. But Tavion Kinsey, now the all-time leading scorer, he broke it on two free throws over John Elmore. And uh, this is what he had to say after the game, a uh, very emotional and uh, thankful and blessed Tavion Kinsey.
7: Um, first and foremost, just blessed to be here. Just to have this opportunity. Um. <sighs> Um, just blessed to be here. Um, just playing this game. Um, I thank Coach Dan from the start. He gave me a chance when nobody else did. Um, it was like yesterday. I remember um, going into his office, seeing all the NBA players on the wall. Him telling me like, "I'm not going to promise you nothing. You just got to come in here and work." I um, came in as a as a freshman. Had a, had great leaders around me. Um, had him who always believed in me when nobody else really did. Um, he always positively lifted me up. Um, he lifted everybody up. Um, loving the depth for that, for this team. Um, you know, we built something at the beginning of the season that I think will last forever, you know, and um, we couldn't get it done tonight. Some of the shots didn't go our way, but, you know, hats off to Texas State. Um, they played two good games and then they played us um, and, and they played a well a, a well game. And, um, you know, sometimes the ball just doesn't roll your way. But as far as the brotherhood that I've, um, you know, made here with all the guys that's been on the teams and that I played on, um, I'm just, you know, blessed to say I got to play with a great group of guys on and off the court and be with a great group of guys on and off the court um, for the Marshall community. They've always backed me. Um, they backed everybody who's came through here um they've always supported me, and um i, I felt um I, it's not how I really wanted to end my career. um kind of feels like at the end of every year, I just keep hitting this wall, you know, but um one day I'm gonna get over it, and um, I'm glad that I chose to come here, and it's been a hell of a ride.
2: That's what he had to say, and you know he Later on, uh, he talked about being the all-time leading scorer and said, that's not how I wanted to do it. It'll eventually feel like he is, but he didn't feel like it at the time.
3: Yeah, obviously, you want to get the win. Um, you know, Tavion always a very nice young man so, or guy, uh, and it's, you know, sad to see that his career came to an end. And, and I think, too, I mean, how much talent Marshall had on that 2019 team, 2018 team. I guess it would have been 2019 yeah his freshman year because you literally because he
2: watched john break the record
3: yeah i mean you had the all-time leading scorers one and two on the same team you had the all-time steals leader the all-time blocks leader all on one team yeah and they didn't do that much they want to see it championship but uh you know if i did would have came back or something who knows what marshall would have been able to accomplish that season but um it's sad to see Tavion's career end because obviously one of the more electrifying and talented players to come through Marshall and uh well I I hope that he gets an opportunity to play professionally I mean he will get an opportunity but will it be in the NBA or not we'll we'll have to wait and see
2: we'll have to wait and see if he gets a
3: G League invite he could Mack McClellan it though and win the dunk contest he
2: really could (laughs) he he was so impressive during his career at Marshall. Uh, they finished the season 24-8. and eight. Doesn't look like they're going to get a, bi- a bid to any tournament. Uh, now with Tavion securing that all-time leading score, I-, I don't think there's...
3: Yeah, maybe they go like a CBI, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of I mean, 24-8, and eight. that's a pretty darn
4: good record. The only reason you were going to accept a tournament is if he didn't break the record so that he could have extra games to do so. But yeah. now that he's
3: already done it, do you... I don't, I don't, know. It don't think It so. just depends on, I guess, what they want to do as a team.
2: Yeah. All right, quickly here... Uh, College basketball, a lot of upsets this weekend. Is anyone the favorite in March, guys? What are we thinking? No. It it is wide open. You can't really just predict one team to make a run this year, I don't think.
4: Yeah, I think I counted just Saturday seven top 25 upsets.
2: Also, according to Bracketology from Joe Lenardi, uh, Kansas loses, and they're still the number one overall seed.
3: It's hard to really argue against Kansas, especially yeah. if you Kansas that lost. Big Twelve
4: is the best. Alabama lost. I don't know why Houston. Houston barely won. Yeah, Houston. I mean, a two-loss team. I guess maybe it has to be strength of schedule why they're not the top number one seed according yeah, to Joe and is isn't the best. But yeah, this is a wide open March Madness. Be it's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. I hope. But, and we're not going to see not a be lot fun of fun for your
3: bets depending on how
4: you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, brackets are going to be busted big time. This we'll year.
2: do a bracket here on the show like we did last year. That'll be coming up over the next, uh, I guess, Monday. We'll talk about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just a supply store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding out there, living in his family and an right here in Martinsburg at 360hackwills. Wilson we we'll go to Orsini's.com for more on their side of this break, Tyson Bajan impressed at the combine. We'll talk about that. Uh, plus... Uh, Derek Carr, going to the Saints. talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.
6: Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a Platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger, we carry Uts, Meat Church, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com.
1: WV Medicine is pleased to announce the relocation of our Berkeley Medical Center outpatient rehabilitation services to 1002 Tavern Road. This move gives Martinsburg Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation more room, more convenient parking, and a covered drive-up drop-off area. WV Medicine will continue to offer physical, occupational, and speech therapies for both adult and pediatric patients, as well as specialized services. For more info on this new location and services provided there, call 304-264-1214.
0: You're tuned in to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10.
3: <laughs> shout out Shep. Shep, you was up. What's happening? <laughs> shout
2: out Shep. Tyson Bazin there. Uh, shout out Shep after he runs his uh, 4.79 on the second attempt. Uh, 40 yard dash. What? I was
3: so close.
2: You were so close. 4.79 on the Tyson second was to
3: attempt. I 0.2 seconds off that 40 time.
2: 0.02. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know what I, mean? Uh,
4: I mean, 0.2 would be good too. Yeah,
2: but I want that 4.77, right? <laughs> I know, that's behind. what you said. But it weekend at the Combine. And, when is Pro uh
3: day? Probably no reason for him to run. Pro, day, Pro, day. Pro day
2: is the 29th. I don't okay. I believe Wednesday, the 29th. Uh, breaking news, guys. Not breaking news. We already knew about it. But uh, the audience, uh, sometime this week or next week, will be joined hopefully in person by the one and the only Tyson Bajant. As uh, working with his uh, agent right now, he just got back in town last night, so we'll give him a couple days. But uh, impressive showing at the Combine guys.
3: Yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, Definitely proved that he belonged, right? And I think that's what you can take away most from a Combine performance um is how would tyson look compared to the other guys there because like we said there's no defense you know it's pretty basic stuff that you're doing but you got to look like you belong and and take in the moment and how do you respond to the kind of pressure that is there because it's the nfl combine and i thought he did all of that and in some categories like some of those other uh drills that you do at the combine whether it be you know the shuttle or three cone or whatever that is um you know his numbers were toward the top of the quarterbacks over there or participating now not everybody participated but a lot of the big names did and cj stroud will levis uh, anthony richardson who hopefully we get to talk about here in a little bit but um i thought i thought tyson definitely proved he belonged which is the biggest thing you can really take away you know his film will determine where he ends up going and everything like that but he didn't look like a d2 player he looked like a, a quarterback that was getting ready for the draft
2: yeah he really did and he threw uh he's the third fastest thrower at the combine will have stetson bennett through 59 miles an hour he threw 58 miles an hour um and it was crazy curveball what
3: how's his curveball i don't wanna, I have to <laughs>
2: ask him. uh but they put the graphic up on the board i don't know what that being they were because they allow fans at the combine now i
3: saw
4: that yeah
2: I don't know how long they've allowed fans, but it, I think it's new for this. It's season. a newer thing. Uh, but so they did a poll. You just snag the QR code and, and poll, and he was third on the list of what quarterback has impressed you the most. Will Levis thirty. The last checked was thirty four percent. Stetson Bennett at thirty and Tyson at twenty nine eight percent thought Max Duggan impressed. So to be above Max Duggan, pretty impressive for a Division two quarterback. Uh, but as I mentioned, we'll get Tyson Bajan on the show at some point here soon. Uh, hopefully the end of this week. Uh, but uh, he impressed over the weekend and uh, definitely going to get drafted at somewhere, and everybody on Twitter was saying maybe a third to a fifth-round pick.
3: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, what I think it's important, too, to realize that what people like maybe Mel Kuyper say or Todd McShay or whoever else is kind of noted as a draft analyst, you really have to take that with a grain of salt because – they miss all the time on who's actually going to be drafted and and stuff like that but Daniel Jeremiah who at least was a former scout of the Ravens uh and if you were watching on NFL Network he complimented a few of Tyson's throws and stuff like that so I think you take a little bit more into what he says than maybe what just people are saying on Twitter because uh it's important to you know obviously look for actual nfl scouts and actual people that are evaluating these guys and and they're not going to obviously give away any information so you know we'll see where tyson goes i think he will have a shot to be picked but third round's probably a little high still in my opinion for a division two player uh that plays at a premier position maybe an offensive lineman if they really balled out but that's even rare too yeah Yeah.
4: i agree i'd love to see him go in the third round that'd be crazy but I, i think even with the uh combine and maybe if he does a pretty solid pro day his ceiling could be fourth round I think that'd be yeah his ceiling I still think fifth sixth or seventh is the realistic spot but fourth even if it's the third that'd be crazy and great for him because you still got to realize as you said it's a quarterback I mean Kirk Cousins was a third round you're putting the same draft stock even though i'm not the biggest kurt cousins guy coming out of the draft i don't see a tyson Bagent. unfortunately for him being a third round pick
2: yeah i mean that's a good point we'll see his pro day coming up at the end of the month again we'll have him on the show somebody uh guys, something that we did. kind of expected a while ago uh was Derek carr making his decision and he made his decision he's gonna sign We're not talking about the other quarter we'll talk about that tomorrow We've got a short amount of time this is breaking news today uh Saints to sign ex Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. makes his decision. He tweets this morning, confirming who dat. Uh So he's going to be a Saint. I said that that was probably a possibility that he just didn't want to trade him. And uh, here he is signing with the Saints. Looks like uh, Jameis Winston will get cut as a cap casualty uh, because you're not going to pay a guy uh, like six million on the cap if he's going to be a, he's going to sit for you the whole season. Uh, but your guys' quick thoughts about this as we got to hit a break.
3: Um. I'm not sure how I feel about the fit, necessarily. I think there's some good weapons in New Orleans, but I think there's other things that's kind of holding that team back. So I don't know what his opportunities were. They did meet for two days. I guess it makes sense, but I don't know if the Saints are – a great team, but it does put them in potentially division championship type realm with that division. And that's being what so I was going to
4: say. Yeah, they're the division favorite now. I think, even though they I mean, still that's lack the, weapons,
2: not a great division. So it's easy to yeah. become a division favorite in there when you get to bring a quarterback in. No, that's true. That'll do it for this segment of the sports mix. Brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. Wizards and Capitals in action over the weekend. The Capitals. Had a heck of a game on Saturday. Uh, We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought you in part by the Marriott's Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue. or Call them at 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. So we wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, Capitals in action over the weekend on Saturday out in the West Coast. Their final game is tonight in the West Coast, but uh, they uh, were down 2 nothing early. And then they won the game 8-2. 8-3. Or 8-3, excuse me. I got you. And uh, just, just wow. they just The offense decided to come alive.
4: Yeah, it's a great win. And we, we said and got, on Friday what they need to potentially get back in the playoff hunt is another solid West Coast trip because the last time they hit the West Coast for that long trip, that's when they got hot and stayed hot for a little bit and got themselves in the playoff hunt. So now – Back-to-back wins in the West, a potential third tonight. It's when the team comes together for some weird reason is on the West Coast, and
3: they are playing two of the worst teams in the NHL. You still gotta get
4: those wins, and when they're big wins, it gives you confidence. No, I think it does. You're
3: still toward the bottom of your division. I think it does. Trading away all of your good players
2: because a guy you get back craig smith he scores his first two goals defenseman matt Irwin scores a goal uh and nicholas Abi kubal who's a guy you signed off waiver sign up one year extension he adds a goal tj Oshie has a goal dylan strome has a goal alex ovechkin has two goals so i mean you're scoring from a lot of places uh one funny thing that i saw over the weekend uh was one of those goals by ovechkin was assisted by their new guy Vinny. uh Vinny was two when Ovechkin made his NHL debut. How does that make you feel, Colin? Because it makes me feel very friggin' old.
4: It makes Ovechkin feel old. We're not Ovechkin. He was two me when feel we were old born
3: thinking, or something like
2: that. Yeah, but it makes me feel old thinking there's a guy in the NHL that was born in 2002. Man. I don't Ovechkin know. Ovechkin, Ovechkin debuted one. in 2002? No. He debuted in 2005. Oh. So he was three. Two. Almost two. three. So two, I don't remember Ovechkin's,
3: Ovechkin's debut. All right, whatever. (laughs) Do you?
2: No. No. Well, then it shouldn't make you feel that
3: all. I kind of do.
7: I do.
2: All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Tonight, the Bob Huggins Show, 6 to 8 p.m., the last one of the year, will be on Talk Radio WRNR and uh, 106.5 FM AM 740 from 6 to 8 p.m., but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For intern, Gerald Wright, Nick Frizzlini, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Dupuis, saying so long. We'll talk to you on the replay tonight or uh, talk to you tomorrow on another edition of the Sports Mix. Have a great rest of your day, everyone.
0: You're listening to the Panhandle Leader in sports coverage. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg.